Because a lot of times we do things and we don't know why, or we react emotionally to something and it doesn't quite match the situation. A lot of times where that great emotion is, is indicative of where the trauma resides. You're listening to Mom After Hours, a podcast where we talk about the wins and challenges of being a modern mom. For real, we don't sugarcoat and we cover everything that is taboo. And don't you worry, mama, we'll save a seat for you. Hey, Mama, it's Brandy White, track host of Mom After Hours. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the show. And thank you so much for checking us out. If you are a regular, you know where your seat is. Sit on down. Let's hang out. Today, I brought back Allison Petrie, the mommy therapist. She is a therapist from the South. She attended Louisiana State University, and she knows all everything that is psychology. She is a mental health counselor, and she has come on the show to talk about a couple different topics on Mom After Hours. Earlier this year, she talked about keeping your marriage healthy during quarantine, overcoming isolation and motherhood, and you'll definitely want to check those out after this episode. But today we are talking with Allison about the hidden effects of untreated trauma on the mothering experience, how and why different traumas that we've gone through in our childhood or our teenage years how those impact our co-parenting, our marriage relationships, our mothering decisions, including the physiological effects. And you don't realize how they affect you. And I would say a lot of us do not work through them. We just talking with Allison on this episode, I learned so much. I There's a lot of things that I've gone through in my life that I haven't gone to therapy for and I didn't realize how they truly were impacting my my parenting decisions and even my marriage and how I respond to people, how I respond to life. And, you know, some of it is positive and some of it is negative. But Allison digs in and explains all of that and more. So you're going to want to stick around because this episode is something that every mother needs to hear. Let's dig in. So a lot has gone on since we've had you on the show last, Allison. How the hell are you? What are what are some changes you've experienced during that time? Are you surviving? What the hell's going on in your world? I'm surviving. I mean, with everybody, with COVID happening, I think the last time we talked, it was right at the beginning, maybe. I know it was a couple weeks into it because we're like, okay, man, we need to talk to Allison again, protecting your marriage during quarantine because we are like literally right. all crammed in our houses with our partners 24 seven and we're losing our shit every day. So that episode was an awesome episode, but yeah, that was the last time we talked. It feels like eons ago. It does because this year has lasted about five years. Yeah. So all of that going on. And on top of that, my family moved states. Wow. And dealing with all of that. And so a lot has changed. And then in the midst of a pandemic, it seems like the change is exacerbated because there is no normal to kind of enter into. For real. And especially an uh, out-of-state move during a pandemic, that's rough because it's like, how do you 
connect with people and like build up your own little community and have that support. Exactly. It's like, it's how, how do you, it's like, how, how do you find that when you can't like meet up in person and, you know, zoom can only do so much <laughs> and Facebook, True. little video messengers. It's not, <laughs> it's still not that great. I mean, it's okay. I guess it's better than nothing, but are you, are you struggling with that a little bit or? I am struggling some with loneliness and with just not having a place. However, I would be struggling more if my brother and sister-in-law and niece did not live here. So we now live about 10 minutes from them. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that Absolutely. Helps. If it weren't for them, it'd be very, very hard. Yeah, But it's for still sure. very obvious that we don't have a whole community like we did before. That's definitely an adjustment. Right. That's a lot. That's some big changes, girlfriend. That's some big definitely. changes. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I appreciate you talking with me today. We're going to be diving into some deep stuff today, yes, everyone. Yes, best stuff. I love deep stuff. I hate surface e-conversations. I love too. digging into this stuff. Um, so today we're talking about how unresolved traumas impact your motherhood experience and what we can do to help us heal and in the end, be stronger mothers and stronger partners, or at least, you know, be able to work better together um, as we parent and mother our children. Allison, can you explain the different types of trauma or like what are the most prevalent types of trauma? Absolutely. So there are two really categories that a lot of times in counseling we have, and it's big T trauma and small T trauma. So big T trauma would be, you know, a death, would be abuse, would be things of that nature. And then small T trauma might be death of a pet, moving, being fired from a job, things like that, where it's not 100% life altering, but it still affects how you see the world and how you view life. Okay. Yeah, that definitely has some varying degrees. We all have trauma. And as this great theorist, I guess, you know, he's come up with his own theory. I've sat in a couple of his trainings. He likes to say that we are either reacting to our trauma or reenacting our trauma. And so that could mean someone who had a parent that was an addict and didn't feel like they could save them might marry someone who has an addiction or has addictive tendencies or things like that and try to save them instead. And that's kind of reenacting their trauma or somebody goes into very black and white thinking and any person who's ever, you know, had a drink, they completely reject them because they're reacting to the trauma. And so they're having to distance themselves completely. So unresolved trauma is evident when the way that you live your life is affected by it, especially when it's an unconscious effect. Because a lot of times we do things and we don't know why, or we react emotionally to something and it doesn't quite match the situation. A lot of times where that great emotion is, is indicative of where the trauma resides. Wow. Sorry. I'm like thinking of all these situations that I've been in and things I'm like, oh my gosh, that was probably because of XYZ. So when you were saying about how like people who had maybe parents that were an addict 
And then they marry someone who is like that and they try to fix them. It's like I had a stepdad, you know, who raised me, who was an addict and my mom eventually left him because of it. But my childhood was very unpredictable. We moved a lot. My stepdad, he was always tripping out. First, it started with just, you know, smoking pot, which was a huge deal back in those days. Mm -hmm. I know now it's not a big deal, but you could still get your kids taken away if you were smoking pot during those days, like CPS could come in and take you. So it started with that. And then my stepdad ended up getting into meth and all this heavy shit. And that's what eventually Mm. led my mom to, to leave him. But my first husband kind of, he had some issues there and the whole our whole relationship was me trying to fix him and obviously that's what eventually one of the reasons that led to our divorce is i realized that you know i was i did the thing that everybody says you're not supposed to do go into a relationship thinking that you're going to fix someone Mm-hmm. or fix somebody. And that's what I literally did as I was thinking, oh, I'll, I'll help him. Um, he's got a good heart and you know, I could fix those things about him. But it's just funny when you're mentioning that I'm thinking about all these things and I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe that's why, you know, why I get so anal and mad about these things that this person mm-hmm. does or whatever. And how predictable is your current husband? My current husband. So he's a complete opposite of the other one. So like you're very reacting. straight and narrow, very straight and narrow, very mm-hmm. predictable, very wholesome. <laughs> yes. So before you were reenacting the trauma and now you're reacting to it by choosing someone who's polar opposite. Yes. And that yeah. wasn't necessarily conscious. No. We all react to our trauma, whether we're aware of it or not. And it's how we make decisions. And, and that's why I feel so much happier now is I feel safe. I feel yes. safe with my husband. And my first husband, I didn't feel secure at all. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it, everything always revolved back to my childhood and just right. that being unpredictable. We didn't know if we were going to have meals on the table that night because my stepdad blew his money on drugs and or mm-hmm. we had to get kicked out of the house because he wasn't paying the bills or whatever. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah, having that unpredictable childhood where I'm like literally starting a new school every six months. And that's not even an exaggeration. We were moving that mm-hmm. much. <laughs> Right. And I think that that's, I used to think that that's why I'm such a wanderlust kind of person where I'm used to just nonstop change and moving a lot. Like I still, even when I moved out of my parents' house, I still, I have moved so much in my life and I'm just kind of like non-attached, non-committal, mm-hmm. all of that. And it took some time for me to kind of grow up and like finally be okay with being settled in one spot and just I don't know, just having that stability. And that's what my husband brings me. Like my husband now, now he, you know, he brings me that stability and that safety and where I felt okay that I could even become a mother. Cause with the, my first husband, I was afraid that wasn't even on the table. And that was another thing what, you know, that we'd fight about is he wanted to have kids. And I'm like, yeah, fucking right. I know what happens when, when there's kids around and you're, you know, doing drugs or you don't know how to pay bills and this and that. It's like, I've grew up in that. I was so afraid to relive that. It's kind of like a therapy session. Like you're making me think about things, (laughs) making me think about things that I'm like, Hmm. So Obviously, those things that you've you said that, you know, the things that we experience, we can react to them or, or reenact. So what are some other ways that the unresolved traumas impact our mothering? If somebody has a disruptive relationship with their mother, they could really distance themselves from their child emotionally because they're afraid of having that disruptive relationship or 
they start smothering their child because they're so desperate to have an emotional connection that they didn't have with their own parent. Wow. It can be anything from being incredibly legalistic with boundaries because they didn't have boundaries and they didn't have that security. It can be being entirely quote unquote too flexible with their boundaries because of the strict household they grew up in. It can be all sorts of things. So sometimes you see it in parents trying to live vicariously through their children, like sports parents, stage parents. And sometimes it might be that growing up, they didn't feel accepted or they didn't excel in these areas. And so they push their kids to live out what they want. I mean, makes me think of the movie Center Stage, where, you know, the character goes, you know, mom, I'm not giving up on my dreams. I'm giving up on yours. I think they repeat that in so many movies where you see that tension of the parent wanting good things for their child, wanting them to excel, to succeed, to be accepted, and to have all this praise. But it's more about the parents and what's going on internally for them than what their child is able to achieve. And the kids feel that. That's such a good point. What are some other ways that those unresolved traumas can affect the co-parenting in our marriage relationships? Like I said, where there's intense anger that doesn't always match the situation, it can be related to trauma. So just the way that you interact with one another, one spouse might have a tone that triggers them because then they think of you know, an abusive parent who would talk to them in that tone. And then all of a sudden you are that parent and they just start attacking you verbally and they start exploding. And it's not about you. It's about their trauma and their anger and fear can become overwhelming in the situation. And you're sitting here going, what the heck? And then if you've been through trauma where you've been in an abusive relationship, all of a sudden you're cowering in the corner and it's just a mess because they become that traumatic individual for you. And so those are extreme cases, but it can go to, you know, family of origin issues or even with small T trauma, the expectations that the world puts on certain gender roles where you know, a husband might feel that they aren't making enough money. So they're failing the family so that they're reacting that strongly because of this small T trauma of not meeting expectations. That's a good point. That's a really good point. And I feel like, and just in talking with girlfriends and stuff or other, you know, friends that are married, I feel like a lot of men are kind of feeling that way right now too, because of the pandemic with having to work from home and, there, some of them might have experienced pay cuts. Some of them might have lost their jobs. I mean, I know a lot of women have, but also, you know, a lot of people overall have. And I know people personally that their husbands are struggling with that, like that feeling of not being able to provide for their family or how are they going to be that breadwinner? Like they're still set on them being the breadwinner. When, mm-hmm. you know, the mom might be willing to step in a little bit to help offset the money, even though right now I know moms have it very difficult right now. And I know a lot of them are leaving the workforce, but there are some of us that actually have to return to the workforce to offset those 
pay cuts or a spouse's, you know, lost job. And I feel like those kind of dynamics are definitely coming into play more nowadays, even with myself. Like I, you know, my husband was one of those people where he had to get his pay cut. And, you know, I, I, I would know it would be a huge ego diss for me. I'm, I know it is for him. You know, he's definitely one of those kind of guys where he's grew up in that kind of household where the man runs the finances. He's the one that keeps everything together. And the mom is the one that takes care of the kids. And he doesn't like me to consider my income like that. I have to contribute it, even though, you know, I, I do in some regards, but he feels like it should all be on him. And I feel like mm-hmm. right now with the pandemic and just everything going on, I feel like these gender roles are, or are assigned gender roles and everything is definitely affecting our relationships. And then if you, if you think of someone who grew up in a home where there wasn't enough, either, you know, wife or husband, you know, whatever, when there is a shrinking in income, it can cause so much anxiety because there's that history of not knowing where your next meal came from. And all of a sudden things aren't working out financially and there can be resentment. There can be fear. There can be projection of you were supposed to take care of me and now you're not taking care of me or you're not pulling your own weight or all of these things that are compounded with the fear of a five-year-old little girl that was going to bed hungry. Yeah. Oh, dang, girl. You're getting a little close to my side of the story. <laughs> I'm thinking like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, gosh. See, like, cat got my tongue. Um, <laughs> no, it just hits home really close just because it's like mm-hmm. I, I, you know, came from that family where, well, I, in my family, I've, I've kind of, I, I lived with my dad at one point, my dad and my stepmom, and I've also lived with my mom and my stepdad. I ended up moving to my dad's once my mom divorced my stepdad and all that stuff was done and over with. So I've, I've been in the family where both parents work and they contribute equally. And then I've been in one where it's the man kind of does it all. And the woman's just, you know, does whatever she wants. And my husband, you know, he lived in that traditional family role where his mom was a stay at home mom for her whole life. And, you know, he's one of eight children and his dad was a breadwinner. He was the engineer. He kind of did everything. He kind of, he was almost kind of like ran the household too, because he did the finances, paid the bills, did everything. So our, our experiences and probably because of the day and age that I grew up in too, like, I'm like, no, I'm a woman. I can take care of myself and I want to contribute financially to the, to the household. And I would love to go back to work full time. Like, and that's kind of the thing that I'm dealing with now. I'm like, I want to go back to work full time. His, you know, his industry is not doing well. And then with his pay cut and I'm like, let me just, you know, let me be the breadwinner. I even, and I shouldn't joke around with it, about it. Cause he probably, I mean, cause I am kind of serious, but I'm like, you can be the stay at home dad for a while. I'm like, I'll be the breadwinner. I'll take care of us. Don't worry. But for him, you know, that's a huge like a slap in the face. But for me, I'm like, whatever, I can make money and I can lead the house and I can do these things and you can stay home, take care of the kids. You're doing good. He's been cooking more. I'm like, we don't have to do what our parents did. Like, it's But like, also, you if you think way. about it, what does it give you that you didn't have growing up if you were able to take control of the finances? Yes. Con- control. Yeah. And stability. And security, and knowing that everything's going to be okay because I see his dollars coming in. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And so things like that, where you feel so out of control, you want to do anything you can 
to feel like you have some control and that can turn into trying to control other people. And with this pandemic, it is bringing so much trauma to the surface because people feel out of control. And that control reminds them of that traumatic event, those traumatic events in their life where they did not have control. And it goes everywhere from wearing a mask if it's somebody who's been assaulted. It can bring up feelings of that where they have panic attacks every time they have to wear a mask. If it's somebody who has gotten out of a domestic violence situation, being stuck at home, not being able to go anywhere, it can bring up all sorts of things from that. If it's, you know, being hungry and going through those things, having trouble with that. And so it's raising the anxiety level of the entire world. Because if someone's not currently in trauma, but has gone through it, they're going through it all over again. I hadn't thought about that. Like you're really making me think a lot, Allison. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of just like, it's so hard. Like I, I'm like, I know I need to um, continue the conversation, but I'm like thinking, I'm so, I'm so in my head right now. So I'm like, as you're talking, I'm like, really, my mind is going a mile a minute. And I'm like, just thinking of different family members and friends and, you know, knowing that their, their histories and stuff and kind of now getting a newer um, understanding or a better perspective on what they're going through and how that might be impacting their moods or, how they're engaging with our family or just, you know, with life in general. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's always a, there's always a story there. There's always mm-hmm. something a little bit deeper. And mm-hmm. I think that's so important for us to remember right now too, you know, just with everything being just so freaking weird. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a note. So our listeners, we are recording this on November 3rd, election day. And Allison and I were having a little trouble getting on the call because we're just so, <laughs> I love talking to people and I love talking to Allison especially, but we're just so kind of drained and I'm sure, you know, mamas can understand, you know, this is just such a crazy time, but also just today, you know, it's, I, I'm feeling like, um, like my mom or somebody's in the hospital and I'm waiting to hear the news on if they're going to make it or not. <laughs> it's kind oh. of like where I'm anticipating, like I'm grieving. I'm like grieving in advance for our country and just the direction of where it could possibly be, be going or not going. But so I, you went very intellectual and emotional about it. I'm thinking like it feels like dementors are hanging in the air. D- so wait, Okay, I'm stupid. What is What, what are dementors? What did you say? <laughs> I guess you're not familiar with Harry Potter. I have not. I read Harry Potter and that makes when me it first came out. So but I, <laughs> you know what? I actually wanted to read those books with Violet, and I but they're a little heavy, you know. But I really wanted yeah. to read the whole series because I did enjoy. It. I think I read them when they first came out. So I don't know when I was at 15 years ago. I don't know. It was a, a long ass time ago. Girl, yeah. once I became a mom, anything that I knew pre-mom was like disintegrated or like fell out of my ear. So <laughs> I can't remember anything. There's movies that I've watched like 50 times and it comes on and it still, it feels like it's brand new. And then I, I thought, I know we've seen this before. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but I can't fucking remember 20 years ago, 10 years ago now. <laughs> I'm like, I can't store. My brain is like at its max capacity. So obviously we already have a shit ton of stuff on our plates. But there's still time 
to help. There's still time for us to work on ourselves. How important is it that we work through these traumas? Should we wait until life is better? Is it something that you need to just jump right in and start doing the work? How do we start? How important is it? Extremely important because it will affect you whether you realize it or not. There's this great book called um, The Body Keeps the Score. And it's about how your body reacts to trauma even if your brain doesn't recall it. It can be the time of year that something traumatic happened, whether it's a dad that walked out or it's a miscarriage that happened or it's an escalation of domestic violence situation or it's some type of abuse that happened that time of year. And then you can start getting super irritable. You can start getting migraines. You can start getting nausea. You can start exhibiting all of these trauma symptoms and your brain doesn't remember or doesn't want to think about what happened, but your body is reacting to it because your body does remember, even if you want to block it out and it will react when there is a trigger, which could be time. It could be a place. It could be a song. It can be a smell. And those things can trigger you into just physical ailments when your brain hasn't even gone there. That makes sense. That makes sense. There's actually songs that I listen to on the radio that that have that triggering effect where I start getting nervous and anxious because it reminds me of a memory or the song was Mm -hmm. playing when something happened. And now, and like when I hear it, I have to immediately turn off the radio or turn it down or whatever because it like... Mm -hmm upsets me and it's weird how it can how it has the you know all that subconscious stuff and you know your Mm -hmm. brain and the things that we don't think is a big deal or we think that we're not impacted but things manifest and then you don't know why it happened but after talking to people like you and I'm like oh my gosh I'm (laughs) it's explaining (laughs) a lot I'm like I feel like I'm like holy moly I'm in a I'm in a therapy session it's so helpful to to walk through your story and understand it and see where everything comes from. The, the theorist I was talking about is actually a therapist out of Oregon. His name is Byron Keller, and he does story-informed trauma therapy, which I've been through the training twice. And it's very powerful because the whole process is going from what was going on when your parents conceived you, because that can affect you all the way to present and going through your timeline and understanding these key events in your life and how they influence you and how they impact you and understanding it all and how it created the person that you are today. And so many people think, oh, well, you know, I think about my parents' divorce and I don't cry about it anymore, so it might not be affecting me. But that's not true. When traumatic things happen, the way that we know that we're healed from it is we can think about it, we can experience emotion, but it's not overwhelming emotion. We can recognize how it harmed us or affected us. And sometimes we might cry about it, but we don't become in the fetal position and sob about it. But we also aren't stone-faced about it either. We're able to recognize it for what it is. We're able to feel some of the hurt, some of the pain, but it doesn't incapacitate us. That's how you know that there's healing 
But a lot of times in today's society, people think, oh, well, I can tell somebody about it and there's no emotion there. That must mean I'm healed, which is actually the opposite because that means that you have attempted to close off your emotions Mm -hmm. where that event was concerned and there was no healing there. It just means it's been paved over. I feel like you're calling me out, Allison. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I don't even know what to say besides saying you're right and everybody should have a therapy session to work through their trauma because we don't really know how it's impacting you. I mean, sometimes you do. Sometimes it's very obvious. But I'm sure if you don't know how it's impacting you, I'm sure your husband, your kids, family members, or friends can tell you how it's impacting you based on how Mm -hmm. you respond to things, whether it's negative or, you know, just, I don't know, making me like think that I need to (laughs) sign up for a therapy session. Like you said, everybody's got unresolved uh, trauma. But also it takes a while to go through things and it, it is an investment in your future, but not only your future. There's this other book that is really anxiety producing when you read it. And it's called, it didn't start with you. And it Mm. talks about how trauma can cross generations and that grandchildren can feel physical effects of grandparents' trauma. Wow. Is that what they call the generational trauma? Transgenerational trauma. Yes. Generational trauma. And they're talking about grandkids of Holocaust survivors who experience some triggering stimuli and they feel the anxiety and they feel the fear, even though they never went through it. And so a way to help the next generations is to work through your trauma or it might affect them and they don't know what's going on. To know that your child and their children could be carrying on your unresolved trauma and experiencing those same kind of effects that you might get when you, you know, walk into a crowded place or, you know, or around a certain kind of person or whatever. That's, mm-hmm. that's sad. It makes me, that actually is extra incentive for me to, to kind of work more on myself. And I hope that mamas out there hear that message too and know that mm-hmm. it's so important to heal those traumas so that you can have a healthy mothering experience so that you can have a healthy marriage because you might be very surprised at how those traumas are negatively impacting your family or your friends or just how you respond to life in general. Mm-hmm. And there is hope. You know, there is a way to process through these things. And it can seem overwhelming and it can take a really long time, but you're worth it. Who you are is worth it. Your future is worth it. And your family is worth it because relationships will continue to fail if people don't confront their trauma and don't heal from it because the trauma will always get in the way. Sorry, I feel like I have nothing to add to this because I'm thinking <laughs> so much. I need to stop thinking so much. <laughs> I need to pay you for this, Allison. I think that you're like giving me a therapy session at the same time and I'm having a hard time focus on being, you know, the actual host and, you know, engaging in conversation. Like I'm kind of just like sitting here like pondering everything that you're saying and like really digesting it and I'm like, wow. It's, it's, it's really profound though. I mean, like, like, look, like talking to you about it or like if I was just to have read an article and like about this stuff, 
it seems very obvious. Well, yeah, your trauma could impact you, but just talking to you about it and just hearing about how it truly affects you and the value in working through that, I just, I feel better about it. It makes me want to kind of unpack my past and work through those mm-hmm. things so that I can be a better mother, better partner, better friend, and, you know, better, you know, a better person to myself too, you know? Exactly. I so appreciate you talking to me today. I appreciate every time you come on this show, always enjoy our conversations and you just know so much. Where can our listeners find you on the interwebs, Allison, if they like to learn more about you, the mommy therapist blog? The underscore mommy underscore therapist on Instagram is a great place to find me. And that has the link to the blog where we actually just talked about how to navigate conversations with your spouse when you disagree on the election, COVID precautions, things like that. And we tackle all sorts of issues. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Mom After Hours. That was mommy therapist, Allison Petrie. I am always mind blown when she comes on the show. If you would like to learn more about Allison, you can check out momafterhours.com forward slash episodes. And just know, mama, you're doing a good job. Love you, girl. Until next time.